This is Rookies, a podcast looking at various subjects from a beginner's perspective. Some of the interviews in this series was recorded as early as January of 2022. Rookies is presented in collaboration with Wild Chips, a Swedish-produced dried venison, perfect in-between meals around the go, in the crag or on your adventure. Found in well-sorted supermarkets around Sweden or online at wildchips.com. Wild Chips, what's more sustainable than the wild nature. During the pandemic, we all went through our different struggles, some worse than others. What I did find comfort in during this period was a show that truly inspired me to go see places. How ironic in times like that. But it also inspired me to be more thankful for what I had and started to see life in a different perspective than I did at the time. The show was called Long Way Around and it featured today's guest. This episode's guest has in his enthusiasm to his craft and interest of motorcycles surely got one and another thing to say about adventuring. Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Borman. I should hear you now. Hello there. Hello, hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Uh, there you go. I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a car park. <laughs> You're in a car park. <laughs> yeah, well I ended up I ended up um, in uh in the wrong place. But look, I want to show you my, my new car. Hold on. I just bought it. It's just fantastic. Ooh, oh bloody hell. Isn't that nice? That's a real classic <laughs> one. Are you planning to turn it into an electric one or are you gonna keep it as it is? <laughs> I think don't tell anyone, but I'll probably keep it as it is. <laughs> I was worried and nervous like everybody else. And it certainly affects your psychology. It's very different. You just don't know when you start. I feel like you just get this like diversity of perspectives. Stay humble, stay curious. You're listening to Rookies. The pod that explores different uh, genres of um, um, challenges in life or adventures or whatever you want to call it. My name is Otto Blicker and your name is... Henrik Ollen. And for the last five to six years, we have gone in more and more into hiking, climbing, going a bit like more advanced for every day. Yeah, we, we, we want to do more, but we want to stay humble. <laughs> you also. got our tagline in there as well. So there are different ways of exploring life and our planet. And in this episode, we're gonna dive into. And our guest today is an English TV presenter, travel writer, and actor. And he is a noted motorbike enthusiast and widely known for his series of three long distance motorcycle rides with his fellow friend, Ewan McGregor. On the first one, Long Way Around, they did 31,000 kilometers on two wheels. That's crazy. It is crazy. And uh, what is your experience on uh, motorcycles? Nothing. Um, I work with uh, cars that has four wheels. Um, Obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> motorcycles and really stuff that goes by electricity. Um, I don't have that much experience of. But talking about vehicles, you and me have gone into 
a new uh, chapter in our life of adventuring. Yeah. What did we buy? Yeah, what did we buy? Uh, yeah, our big uh, adventure together now is uh, we bought a camper van. Or we bought a big car that we're going to rebuild into a camper van. It's actually like it was one of those small buses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it had a lot of functions that most cars doesn't. But since the past owner used it as a, a smaller bus, we got a lot of um, heating system and stuff already installed. So Hadn't it gone as a small school bus yeah. up in northern Sweden before he bought it? That's true. And then he kind of rebuilt it for himself and his wife. Uh, and then we bought it and now we're rebuilding it for us. Um, sadly, it's not driven by electricity, but yeah, it's a, it's a bigger chapter for us at least. Yeah. We are going to talk about adventuring, traveling the world, and doing it on two wheels. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Borman. I think I don't think I could afford to drive it into London because you have to pay so much in, in congestion and then and then it's a it's a bit of a gas guzzler so it would cost a fortune. <laughs> uh, I, I know that you're a busy man and I'm uh, super thankful for you to be with us today as uh, this is a completely new uh, podcast. We're interviewing uh, well-renowned climbers, we're interviewing you, we're interviewing adventurers and we're going to go into this series a little bit like a, you know, the book series for dummies. Oh, yeah. They yeah, had the yeah. internet for dummies, uh, computer well, for dummies, etc. That's where I um, that's where I got all my information for um, adventure from. Was, oh, um, from those book series. Well, from those book series, yeah. So, so I, all, all I'll be doing is is you could copy and paste from those books, and and that's where I got my information from. If I would describe you as a modern day adventurer and traveler and entertainer uh, that has brought a big attention to traveling the world on two wheels and uh, are most known for the Long Way series, together with your fellow colleague Ewan. Would you say that's an accurate description of you, or how would you describe yourself today? I think uh, definitely I'm a traveler. Ever since I was a little boy, um, my father is a, is a film director, and he directed films like Deliverance and Excalibur and Hope and Glory and Emerald Forest and lots and lots of really big, big Hollywood movies. And, and, and there were always very challenging movies to make and 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 as children we always traveled everywhere with him and then if there was a part in the movie that needed a kid you know he would throw our children he would throw us into it and you know because we were free he said why pay for child actors when i've got four children was that a journey that you were supposed to take you were supposed to be this actor or did you feel like oh now i'm suddenly breaking off here in my life into another adventure i don't know i mean i mean i think i think um I think for sure, you know, we traveled all the ro- all over the world with my dad and in, in extraordinary places. And so I think that that sense of, 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 of wanderlust and, and, and wanting to go to different countries and, and, and loving different cultures stemmed from my father. He was very open, very liberal person. And, and, and the household was always full of every kind of person you could possibly imagine. And so, so we, we had that. And then when, when he wasn't making a movie, I was living in Ireland. Um, in the middle of the countryside. Um, and there was always people in the house. There was always visitors. I was always riding my motorbike. Um, and then, then we'd go off again and travel. And, and so I, I think I got that, 
from my father. And, and, and so when, when I made a movie with Ewan, um, uh, we, we met, I don't know, about 25, 26 years ago, we met, um, uh, you know, we met on a movie in the, in the West coast of Ireland. Um, and, and we, 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 we bonded because of motorcycles and, and, and then, and then, and then we came up with this idea to go traveling, but, but it was never, we never sort of thought we we're going to be adventurers and travel. We just thought it would be really quite nice to, to, to ride from here to here. And I think it came from passionate of motorbikes and, and, um, we used to do, we used to help run a motorbike race team. We used to do track days where you take your motorbike on a racetrack. We, we would do weekend trips. We would do all sorts of stuff. Um, and then of course, as you do that, you start to look for more and more and longer and longer journeys. And, 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 and the, 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 the trip kind of started from that. So we were just going to go down to the South of Spain and, 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 um, uh, we were going to get down to South Spain, meet up our wives there with our children and have a holiday yeah. and ride back. And, um, so that seemed like a good idea. And then, then Ewan rang me up and said, Charlie, I've got this idea, come to my house. And so I went over to his house and he had this map of the world on there. And he said, look, rather than going to Spain, why don't we go to China? <laughs> Let's go <laughs> big, although Let's, Let's go, go big, big from yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. And then, and then we were going to go do China and then, and then we met this amazing guy online because he was still on his on his trip, a guy called Millennium Ride, and and he, we got in contact with him, just asking him about, you know, what he did, how to go about riding around the world, and he said, if you're going to do anything, you've got to do the Road of Bones um, in Far East Russia, and he said that, and and so we looked at that on the map and thought, okay, and and so so we we just we just made the route because of that and off we went, but we went with like, like you and we didn't even read, uh, uh, a, a book of dummies for adventure, adventure travel. We didn't even read that. We were just completely, uh, uh, stupid and, and had absolutely no idea what we were doing. You know, I have to tear up the most obvious question as a motorcycle enthusiast and traveling the world and doing adventures all over the place, a whole lot in Africa, as I have understood as well. How have you come about during the pandemic? Um, interestingly, the pandemic for me, and, and I think, I think there's, there's, I think there's quite a lot of people who will say the same thing is that the, the pandemic was actually quite, wasn't actually that bad for me. You know, we'd, um, just finished doing Long Way Up, um, which was where you and I went from the bottom of Argentina to Los Angeles on on electric motorcycles, um, on electric Harley Davidsons. Can you believe it? Um, Amazing. And 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 we just done this massive adventure, and we kept rolled in, and I think the eighteenth and nineteenth of December or something like that, and and then. Um, so this was really then, uh, at at the very yeah right at the beginning. beginning. I mean. Yeah, I mean, we. I remember rolling in, in 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 18th of December and stuff, and there wasn't really any talk of 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 uh, the pandemic. Um, not that I can really remember. And and, and then um, and then we went home, and then I went to Australia to do some work in Australia in February. Um, and 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 then that's when it all kind of kicked off. And so I got back, and 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 then we, everything closed down. We were we were already editing. We had nine editors making the TV show for Apple TV. Um, and, and we realized that the world was going to close down. So, so we sent all our editors home, uh, with editing suites and, and, and we, we made the whole TV show for 12 hours for Apple TV, uh, 
from home. Were you, Ewan, or the other producers, Dave and Russ, ever hesitant about releasing it during the pandemic? Could it become a backlash of you traveling the world and it's a pandemic going on at the same time? Was that anything you thought about? It was quite funny because, because we were in this big pandemic and then, you know, editing the whole thing. Everybody's at home watching TV. Um, everybody's looking for new stuff to watch. And and it never crossed our mind about any backlash. I think people were desperately looking for um, escape and they, they were looking uh, to get away from what, what was going on. Was it and a then, perfect then, timing, rather? Well, it, it, I, I thought it was probably, you know, I, I, selfishly, I thought it's probably quite a good idea, your, your whole captive audience, you know. Um, but then then just just before the TV show came out, um, we, we had this, we had this, the, our, our, our Britain and, and America and other places kind of opened up a bit again. And, and and I remember thinking, oh, well, that's that's bad timing. I mean, everyone's going to be out and about. No one's going to watch TV. I wouldn't watch TV. I'd be I'd be out and about, you know. And then and then just before the TV show came out, there was another there was another. Um, it was uh, uh, it, it it turned out fine. And and I think um, I think Apple did a did a really good job. And and um, you know we we were guided by by what they wanted to do. So, so, so it was, it, it, it was fine, you know, and, and, and I think there was, what I always found was amazing was that there was all these TV shows and, 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 and movies and everything all still going ahead and being made, you know, and, and people were taking extraordinary um, lengths to, to protect people on the film sets. And I mean, Ewan made Holston during the pandemic um, which was a fantastic. I don't know if anyone's seen it on Netflix, but it's a it's a it's a fantastic. He got the Golden Globe for his performance in that um, uh, about a famous um, uh, clothes designer back in the in the seventies and eighties. I mean, really, really good movie. But uh, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think I've, I own part of a part of a restaurant up in up in Shoreditch called the Bike Shed, uh, which is a really cool place. Um, and um, and we're just opening one up in LA, but 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 that gave us when we when we closed down um, and everybody was furloughed, we had that that furlough scheme here. Um, uh, we you know when we first opened the restaurant, we didn't have the the money to be able to do the kitchen properly, and you know we just never had quite enough money. Um, and so uh, so we, we, when we did close, we were able to to redo the kitchen. We were able to. To, to, to look at the business and, and completely completely redo the business so um, so in in some ways it was, it was bad in other ways you know, there was a there was a positivity that came out of it I mean this episode is fundamentally about adventuring and this episode, we're going on about doing it on two wheels. That's that's why we were here. Yeah. And an adventure could be big. It could be small. It could be going away for a weekend, or you can decide go traveling the world with your mates. Uh, what would you say are like the fundamentals? Uh, obviously, you have to have a driver's license and two wheels to go on about. But that's a good start. Uh, where would you start with? I think um, I, I think for sure. I, th- I think you know one of the. I think one of the biggest things for everybody, even if you're sort of getting friends to come with you on a skiing holiday or, or or a summer holiday, is 
is is everybody seems really enthusiastic to start <laughs> off with and then but it's it's trying to get people to to leave on that date you know and commit so so the first thing is to is to try and try and set a date when you're when you are actually going to leave and and i think that's quite important but i think i think i think a lot of people say well i'm just going to go and i'm going to wing it and just see where we go and and stuff and i think that's fantastic and i think that's brilliant but is that but your think, approach on adventures well just go i know well, sort of 50 50 so so i i think in order to get the most out of out of your trip because because you know two months or a week or 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 a weekend or three months or six months or a year you know that time goes really really fast i mean really fast i mean i'm i remember meeting you and i meeting someone in central america and and he he, he was on a motorbike going 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 this way and we were going that up there where he was going south we were going north i think and, that's featured in the episode isn't it yes it is featured in yeah. But he commented, he he said, Oh my god, I can't believe you've only got three and a half months to do it and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and and I'm saying, Oh, okay. And how long have you got? And he goes, I've got a year. And I went, Wow, that's good. He said, Yeah, no, no, but I'm and then he and then he said, Yeah, but a minute later he said, Oh, but listen, I'm I'm rushing. I've got to get to to South America because I've spent too much time <laughs> in North in Central America. And and he was already starting to run out of time and he hadn't even got into into, into South America, so so I think I think I think you have to do a little bit of planning. And so what you and I always do is we get the map of where we want to go, and then and then and then we just we just mark on, on the map all the um, the places that we'd really like to go to, and it doesn't matter where it is on on the map or 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 distance or anything like that. Just mark everything that you really want to see and, and 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 stuff like that. And then then from there you can then just slowly start to start to uh piece your your route together and 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 and, and, and the other thing is is is, to, is, to, is to not try and um do too many kilometers a day you know um uh because the minute you start doing sort of four five hundred three hundred fifty five hundred fifty kilometers a day then you're just you all you're doing is riding all day yeah. and, and and you have no time to to just to see anything so did so you plan any sure. locations you wanted to see where or yeah, what, did you yeah, just go I mean, about this machu picchu obviously no, we're spoiling yeah, too I mean, much of the show no absolutely so, so there were definite points on the map so we pointed all the things we really wanted to see and then we made the route in order to be able to do that and then we thought well well to go and see whatever it was that's way over there that's going to take much too much time to go over there and back again. So, so some things you just can't see, you know, um, uh, but other than that, I, a, a little bit of a plan is, I think is a really good idea. And then if someone says, Oh no, you don't want to see that. You've got to go over there. Then by all means go over there. Don't, don't be rigid about, about your plan. But I think it's a really good idea to, to, to have a, a basic plan. And it could be a good idea, as I mentioned in the beginning, to have your driver's license fixed before going, say, around the world or something. Again, yes, well, we had we did have that back to <laughs> in in long way round with our with Claudio, who's the most amazing cameraman. Um, Was uh, that actually um, his first like bike adventure? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, really? he wouldn't. All he'd ever really ridden was he'd ridden the odd motorbike and 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 but mostly a scooter around town. So. Uh, and and he didn't have a license, so you know, 
that tells the whole story. <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, and, and then he failed it three times or something. So yeah, um, but and 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 then the other thing I would say is is that really you know really um really you want to document it as much as you can. You know you don't have to make a TV show about it, but you know take a lot of photos, take little video clips. You can do all of that on your on your phone nowadays. And most young people are completely savvy with all of that. Anyway, yeah. you know. Um, but but the thing is, is that when you've been away for a lot, especially a longer trip, um, you know, it's very easy to forget um, who you've met, where you've been, um, and all that kind of stuff. You know, so so it's important to to remember. So Charlie talks about the fact that you should be documenting and documenting on your phone is is one idea um, but we have always packed too much gear or I have haven't I yeah but I think that's pretty common for people traveling they pack too much and then they use half of it yeah but in our case I've been packing like I took I took the drone with us yeah <laughs> from the very first time but like a really big one and you ended up carrying half of my stuff didn't you yeah i think the drone bag was like 15 kilos or something yeah uh we took it up in norway on a place called trolltunga yeah and i don't think we used it that much. i think we used it like for two or three clips and it was just too, super pointless carrying it and would you say that our packet like our bags have become smaller throughout the years or have they stayed the same I don't think the bags literally has become smaller but we have become much better to to fill the bags uh, we've got a lot of experience on how to pack it and I think that's important but do you do you think we could be even more efficient with our packaging yeah of course of course what what is the most important part most important um, piece of clothing having when you're going up say for two weeks up in the mountains you need warm clothes of course especially here in sweden i mean the weather can turn around um so you need i would say you need a good combination of, of easy clothes that can be give you warm but not that much sweaty <laughs> and what would one bring on two wheels on a 31,000 kilometer ride yeah i i'm a totally rookie on that one so i think we're gonna have to let the expert uh, explain but but being a bit practical with your planning as a newcomer into these kind of adventures i'm going away for a longer time on two wheels and how did you do with all your packing all your gear obviously you had a team of two big rivians going with you but Going on your own, how do you do it? I mean, I mean, for us, for us, you and I were, were both pretty much um, independent, um, along with Claudio. So okay. the idea of having the support because this is what we did in all three, in all three shows, is what we did was was uh, was that you know you and I would, would go off for three or four days at a time, um, and um, and then we would hook up with the with the support crew every three or four days. We would hand them the 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 rushes or the or the footage that we've been filming so that it was safe. Um, and then, and then if we did like a UNICEF project or something where we needed a second camera or a third camera, 
you know, we would meet up with the crew. Uh, the cameramen would come with us uh, separately to to do the the uh, the UNICEF project, so that there weren't too many people um, filming the project. You know, with kids and stuff like that. Yeah, and 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 then and then other stories. So some bigger stories that 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 we'd that we'd organised in advance. You know, that goes back to when I'm saying you're you're planning your your trip a little bit on some of the the bigger like Machu Picchu or some of the bigger things you want to see, you know, then we would meet up with the crew and we'd have another cameraman to help film Machu Picchu and stuff like that. So, uh, so I think, so, so it kind of went that way. So we were very independent, but then, then that means you have to carry everything on your, on your motorbike. Going, and now we're going away from long way series. You're on your own. Is there something that you feel like this is very unnecessary? This is, this is super important to have in your in your bag. Well, I would say I would say that when you're packing, I would say that two thirds of what you think is important <laughs> is useless, is what yeah. I would say. But you don't know that until you've done your trip or until you're halfway through your trip. Do you and, tend to remember so, those things and like okay, so, keeping no, I, I still make this. I still make the same mistakes. I still I still overpack and 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 what you have to remember is that all the other countries that you're going to have shops. So, um, so, so you can actually buy stuff. This is, this is what, you know, we all make that mistake, you know, of, of, and then, and then most of the countries that you're going through, if you're going through South America, stuff like that, you can pick up all these kind of fleeces and all this kind of stuff in the market for two thirds of the price. So, uh, um, so I would say, you know, my, if you're on a motorbike, I would say the, the, you, you want to be as comfortable as possible on the motorbike and as dry as possible. So I would, uh, and, and some, and one of these SAS guys told me once uh, when we were training for for a long way around. He said, "If, if, if what you want to do, you want to get the Gucci of everything. So yeah. if you're going to get a tent, get the best tent that you can that you can afford. Get the best sleeping bag. Get the best roll mat. And um, and so if you've got those basic things, and when you when you crawl into your tent and you're comfortable and you can sleep well." then that is worth a billion dollars, you know, because when you wake up in the morning, you feel better. Everything is better in the next day. Um, and, um, and, and, and then if, the, if you're with someone else, then you only need one toolkit and you can, you can share that toolkit between you. Um, if True. you're, you know, if, if, bring good waterproofs, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then, you know, if, if you feel like you need another jumper or you, you're a bit cold or, it hasn't quite worked out, then you can always pick up something on the way, you know? So, so definitely get your, get your bases going and then, you know, and then the rest is fun, you know, take your smartphone because it'll tell you where everything is, you know, even if you're in the middle of nowhere, you go to, I mean, you and I went to some little village and you, you, you hovered the Google maps over the village and you, you, yeah. you punch in, um, uh, youth hostel or or, or hostel it's and, or hotel, and everything comes up and you think how do they do that in the middle of nowhere so you know those are the things and then the most important thing you've got to bring is you have to bring a, a silk liner you know these silk liners that go into your sleeping bag oh yeah 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 um, and, and 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 then what you do because you know people always say oh you know sleeping in hotels is amazing but but you know, you get out in the middle of nowhere, and some of the places are just 
horrendous, you know. And so you get that silk liner, get the one that, that hooks over um, a pillow, and then you slide it into the bed, and then you hook it over the pillow, and then you can sleep in the liner in the bed. And, and silk liners don't let bed, bug, bed bugs through, so they protect you against bed bugs. <laughs> and it packs into a tiny ball as well because it's silk. Um, um, and, and it really is. And then baby wipes because you want a nice clean bottom when you're riding a motorbike for a long time. But talking about comfort, why do you prefer two wheels over four wheels? Isn't, wouldn't that be more comfortable? Well, yeah, for sure. And you could probably bring a lot more stuff and you could have a bed and you could have, you know, you could really set yourself up. And there definitely were times when you and I were in the middle of Mongolia, in the middle of nowhere, dreaming about, you know, having a little, a little four-wheel drive um, all decked out, you know. But, uh, but I think you and I both are passionate about motorcycles. We both love getting on a motorcycle and riding and, and the idea of the tent and everything is on the bike with you. You're totally self-sufficient. And, 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 and I, I think, I, I don't think that the, the, that, so it's like when, when you go, when you go, when you go into a little village in the middle of Africa or something like that, and you stop and, and you're on your motorbike, and you stop and ask someone for directions or something. You're, 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 immediately in, in each other's environment so so you, you immediately have a connection and you're dusty and dirty and stuff like that and they they they, they have a an affinity a bond with you if you if you turn up in like in the jeep i'm driving now if yeah. you turn up uh in that and 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 you get out of your environment which is air conditioned and dry and clean and you get out and you go and talk to someone you're you're already a sort of segregation or isolation yeah, yeah. between you because you're going from your environment into theirs and, yeah. and, and so there's already a, a a barrier there so so that's one thing and and plus the fact you know sitting in a car for three and a half months with the same person I would do my head in I, I wouldn't be able to do that <laughs> but but one one of the things that are really appealing with motorcycles are of course the engines and the sound and the character the different uh, mm. bikes have but seeing the, the latest uh, season of the Long Way series, the Long Way Up, you're, and you and are driving electrics, obviously one key element of the motorcycles disappears instantly with the engines being electric. Is, is it a cultural shift within the biker community right now or are we still, a, no pun intended, long way to get there? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, interesting. When we first started making um, Long Way Up, and, and we decided that we wanted to go electric because you know we'd done the two two petrol ones before, and we knew we could do that. Um, and so the electric thing was, and everyone says you can't do it. And so we thought, well, that's as good as reason as any to go and do it anyway, and of to course. prove everybody because everybody's feeling is that oh, if you get an electric car, electric bike, you can't go anywhere, you know. There is no where so would wrong. you charge? Where would you charge? How can you charge? Well, well, well. Just about every household in in on the planet has electricity, so yeah. so you can. Um, sure, when you plug it into someone's house, it's 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 much slower, but 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 it's still you can still do it. So so that's what we decided to do, and then you know, um, and then you know, riding a petrol bike or electric bike, they're they're both quite different. But 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 the same. So 
with a with a petrol car uh, bike you know you 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 ride along um and you have the engine and and you have the vibration and and you have um and and so the more the engine makes the noise the faster you know how you so you can gauge how fast you're going because yeah. of the noise and changing gear and stuff like that but but when you get on a, on an electric bike there is no engine noise and 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 so you you acce- and acceleration is is so much faster i mean the harley davidson's that we had you can go north to 60 miles an hour in 3 seconds and and i mean it's fast you know i mean faster than a testarossa or or a mclaren but then suddenly when you're riding along suddenly you 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 can hear the person beside you you can you can when you're driving in town you can hear everything around you and then when you're riding on the road the, you know this big noisy vibrating engine is gone and then and then suddenly you realize you're 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 actually more connected or connected differently to the road and you can feel the road much more yeah so, i, I you, so, you mentioned so there's that a real in the experience show, yeah. Yeah, we, we, is the is the do you prefer one another or do you feel no, it's two no, totally I, different I, things I think uh, no I think they're different but the same. I think I think um I think a lot of people suffer from range anxiety syndrome and yeah. and fear of fear of change, fear of 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 something new. Um and I think older people have that have that more more of that feeling than younger yeah. people. Um nobody likes change, you know, and 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 you know up until recently there hasn't been a great infrastructure for electric but now that now that there's now that there's money in 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 electric um uh you know suddenly you see electric pet- petrol stations um popping up everywhere because you know there's money to be made so so it is changing and when and, and when we were when when we were going from the horse and cart to the car there was terrible range anxiety people you know you would leave your house and in the countryside and you you'd go 40 kilometers yeah. to your village and you would uh when we get back home hope, yeah yeah when we're going to get back home you, you the only place you could buy uh petrol or or or, or gas um was in a pharmacy um and 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 there weren't very many of those so so and that, you know and then over time now there was there was there were petrol stations everywhere so so you know the same So this isn't a new feeling. But I I heard recently in a Swedish radio show that the last cars with combustion engines will probably be sold within 10 years from now. Do you think it will be the same within motorcycles or will it be faster than 10 years? I don't know. I think <clears throat> I think I think it'll all happen really fast. I think I think we're already talking about 250 kilowatt chargers which will fill a Tesla up in 10 minutes. Um, uh, um, so I, I, I think in the next couple of years, I, I, I think that whole idea of range anxiety will be out the window. And plus the fact you've got to remember that most of us who ride, who drive a car or, or a motorbike, yeah. you know, only, only, only drive 50, 60, a hundred kilometers a day. And, and so most of the time you, you just leave it plugged into your house or the street or, or, or. You know, whatever, whatever it is. So it's still so, being charged. You know, yeah. So, so one, you know, if you think about it, one charge of a Tesla car can do 500 kilometers, which will probably do you two weeks driving. Probably. And it's way cheaper as well. 
And then, yeah, it's like, well, let's wait and see because, they, you know, diesel, diesel was cheaper than petrol and now it's more mm-hmm. expensive than petrol. And so electricity will become, you know, will become, yeah. let, let, let's see where that goes. You know, Someone but, just but, bought an Opel Movano a diesel one a few days ago to make into a camper van. Not yeah. the most brilliant move right now. Thinking about the diesel well, prices, I, I think I think I think vans. Well, you know, I, I I think you know if you're going to have that vehicle over a long period of time, um, and you know, then it it just it just it is what it is, really. At the end of the day, isn't it? You know, obviously. I mean, I mean, we're all living in. I'm I'm outside of a of a supermarket at the moment, and you know, I can visibly see uh, the food prices going up. You know, know. And I'm, 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 I'm building, I'm doing some building work in my house and, um, you know, I bought some, some, some stone for the, for the, for the, for outside. And two years ago it was, uh, you know, 30, 30 euros a square foot. Mm. And now it's 60 euros a square foot, you know, for, for the stone is the same price. Yeah. Stone is the same price as the shipping. Yeah. You know? So someone somewhere is is you know is making a lot of money but you have you're talking about your house and renovating i know that you have been installing solar panels on your house are you doing anything else or have you been thinking about doing anything else to have a better or like less impact on the environment i don't think the answer is is one thing you know i don't think the answer is just solar panels i think you have to have a solar you have to have a ground source uh heat heat pumps um and you know i burn oil in my in my house because it's in the countryside and you have to have oil so i think you have to for the moment i think you have to have all three so so the solar panel will um will do the the hot water or or your power or whatever it is or or you know if you have a if you have a tesla home battery um uh you know you i've worked it out that you can get about 28 thousand miles um a year for your car which is what 30 36 37 kilometers a year um from the solar panels if you store it in a battery i know i've seen that you've tried out various form of electrical vehicles um for instance a swedish brand called cake a few months ago are you i and i know that you collect different motorbikes etc etc Are you heading into more electrical vehicles on your everyday use? Rather than I'm sitting here in my yeah. In my let's pretend that you're not. <laughs> let's pretend that you're not sitting in that one right now. Um, no, I, I think um, I think regardless of whatever anybody thinks, you know, um, electric is coming, and it, and it makes me laugh when people say, "Oh no, no I'm never going to get an electric car, never." And you're going, "Well, okay, well then you don't. Well, at some point, you won't be driving a car anymore." You know, yeah. so it, it, regardless of what we think or want or wish for, um, I think it's coming, and I, I don't think we have a choice. And and you know, once you drive an electric vehicle, a motorbike, or or a car, it's actually it's actually really nice. You know, it's it, the experience is once you've gotten over you know your month or two of range anxiety, um, uh, and then you start to realize you can actually go pretty much wherever you want um uh it's actually not that bad and and you know what was really interesting about the electric of it all is is you know during the during the lockdown in london 
um, I was living in London. We have only just moved to the countryside. Oh, okay. But um, when I was, when we were in London for the first lockdown, the really strict one, you know, when we were like, what's going on? Well, I was going to yeah. say when we were all locked down and Boris and his mates were all ha- lagering it up, um, uh, like football hooligans, you know, just giving it loads. Um, yep. uh, they, you know, I, I did a lot of cycling and, and, and I remember going to going around Buckingham Palace actually. And it was, and, and I was sitting there and, and there was loads of bicycles and there was not very much traffic and there was no noise. Um, yeah. you could hear the birds, you could hear people talking, um, uh, the, 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 um, there was no pollution and for the first time in living in London for 35 years for the first time I was looking at, at this blue sky and, and I'd never seen the sky so blue in all my life and and I just thought you know this could be and this is a glimpse of what it could be like if, if any big city uh, was predominantly electric and, yeah. and you know what as big a petrol head as I am uh, I, I I was thinking, you know, it's not it's not that bad, you know. No, um, and it, it, I could see the future. I'd be quite happy to get rid of those smelly buses and trucks, smelly trucks, and, and so I mean, I have a I have an electric trials bike now, um, a French company called um, Electric Motion or EM motorbikes, and and um, uh, and and I go around all the all the the, the lanes and the tracks. Yeah. Um, where I live now, and um, and I'm much I'm much more relaxed because because I'm not making any noise and 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 and, and so I'm not worried about what other people and animals and dogs and stuff. I mean, I can go into a field with three or four horses and race around the field, and the horses aren't bothered, you know. So it's not that bad. This podcast is called Rookies. And it's called Rookies for a reason, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think because... <laughs> you have a blackout. It's Sunday um, and we're a bit tired recording this. But Rookies comes from a little expedition that we did during the pandemic. Yeah, it's from like our perspective of being a rookie and have to learn new stuff and thinking that you already know stuff, but you don't. And and we thought we knew a whole lot of things when we did uh, Kebnekaise, which is Sweden's highest uh, mountain. Yeah. It didn't end the way we thought it would end, but it gave us a new perspective. Yeah. And there's always new things to learn. The mountain always will have the last word. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Chris, but yeah, I think you should always, um, like as you said, stay a rookie because there's always new things to learn. But have you lately run into any things that you've learned along the way, then forgotten and realized that uh, I'm better than this? Um, I know that I've learned a lot when it comes to our expeditions um, to actually prepare more. Um, I don't think if I've lost any, uh, I've I've gained a lot of more confidence in myself, I think. Uh, And to be, you need people around you that you can trust and to actually let go and trust those people. That is a big experience that I've got. 
But knowing and feeling more confident about yourself, could that be a rookie mistake when you're on an adventure? Of course, if you don't know your boundaries um, and you think that you think you know yourself and then you don't think about um, what can happen if something goes wrong. I guess, is that the right answer to your question? Um, I don't know. Let's see what uh, Charlie has as an answer. Yeah, please do, please do. As I've been asking a few more of our um, guests on this uh, series, I I am really interested in, well, if if uh, people have seen the Long Way series, which I guess many of the listeners have done, we can see that you and Ewan are doing some really weird stuff and getting into weird situations time over time. But have you ever done some form of rookie mistakes later in your career? And as a professional, that you feel like, oh my God, I knew this as a beginner, or I should have known this riding bikes for this long. Yeah, yeah, I think I think for sure, you know, we always, you know, make the same mistake and 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 uh, again and again. But I, you know, I think as you get older, and 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 I think, you know, now that I've done loads of of these, because I've done these three shows with you, and but then I've done a whole load of other TV shows as well, traveling around the world. And, you know, these ones called By Any Means, Extreme Frontiers and the Dakar Rally on the motorcycle and stuff like that. And so I think you get um, you get a bit more wise and, and I think you get a bit more relaxed um, about your travel. And, Do you get so relaxed about mistakes as well? Or yeah, you like... get, yeah, you, yeah. And so if you make mistakes, you, you, you know, it doesn't stress you out as it, as it did before. You'll always make mistakes. You, know, you always make the wrong decision. You know, there's always going to be that, but but um, uh, but I still make the mistake of packing. I still sat there with you and on the last trip, you know, after a couple of weeks, sort of sitting there. And, and what you do is is you look at your bags after a couple of weeks of travel if you're doing a long journey, and then you just see what's at the bottom of the bag. It hasn't been um, used, and then you and it hasn't been used. If it hasn't been used, then take it out and give it to someone, or 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 get rid of it because. You know, you're just carrying extra weight and, you know, something you never get. I mean, you and, when you and I did the first trip, um, we we took a whole a whole toolkit each um, for, the, for the bike. We took a, 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 a tire pump each, <laughs> you know. And, and Whose decision and we, was that? Was it you guys? It was a brilliant decision at the time. But, um, you know, and people told us, I remember laying it out, all our stuff that we're going to take out. And there was this guy came who had lots of experience of travel. And and and, he, and we said, look, this is what we're taking. And, and and he said, oh, that's that's pretty good. But he said, look, you, I think it's probably a bit too much. You've got, you're doubling up on that. And you're doubling up on this and stuff like that. Anyway, we said, okay, thank you very much. We'll take, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll um, yeah, whatever. We'll take that on board. And then when he left, we both looked at each other and thought, well, what's he talking about? He doesn't know what he's talking about. And so we mm. took it all. And then, you know, halfway around, we got rid of it all. <laughs> how, how involved in the production are you um, within the show um, besides riding the bike and doing the actual journey? Are you involved in the whole process of doing the production? Yeah, sure. Well, well, you know, when we did the first one, I mean, um, you and I had come up with this idea and, uh, 
we were just going to do it by ourselves and, and not do any um uh and not do any um you know just do it for us and then anyway somehow we ended up making a tv show i don't know why but yes so so you and i found the producers we wanted them to make what we wanted we we were all for the very beginning we've always been very clear about how we wanted the tv show to look you know what we wanted in the tv show so so i think it's very much it's very much you and i's um tv show and russ and dave we found who who were just fantastic at being able to make to make that happen and give us the give us the you know the confidence to be able to to be able to do and do what we want you know and and um so so yeah and then you know the four of us own the show and we so it's very much ours but it, but it, it i mean it it looks amazing and the last one long way up it becomes a bit more cinematic in my opinion did you have a different take on that or did you have a vision for that no we 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 we, we you know the last time we did one together we with there were no gopros and there were no um drones yeah. so uh so we just didn't have i mean I mean, when we did Long Way Round, and we want if you want, we wanted to do an aerial, you yeah, know, yeah. to get an idea of where we were. You know, you would have to book a helicopter, which was really expensive. You had one like you were riding into New York. That's yeah, helicopter yeah. scene, and then so you and we had a helicopter scene in 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 in, in other places. But then you have to you have to your Claudio had to ride to the airport, so we had to get closer with where the, an airport where there was a helicopter. And then Claudio would we would wait on a, on a road, and then Claudio would drive to the to the to the airport, get in the helicopter. You know, take fifteen minutes to get. So you could only afford an hour because it was so expensive. Yeah. So ten or fifteen minutes to get to where we were, and then as we heard the helicopter coming, we'd jump on our bikes and we'd ride up and down this bit of road, and then he'd fly back, and we'd sit and wait for Claudio to come back. You know. So the yeah. whole thing took like three hours um, for like a like a forty second um, thing. So that was our aerial on long way round and long way down. And then when we did long way up, you know, Claudio had his drone, which is sort of this big, yeah, um, in his petrol tank bag. And so, whereas before he would get a camera out in a tripod and he would do a, a drive by, you know, instead of getting the the tripod out, he would just get the 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 drone out yeah with a gyroscope and, as we, and everything as we as we drove past he would he would as as we rode past he would follow and then as we're going along he would follow us and then as he followed us he would sort of go up and 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 then suddenly you had all this thing so so you had this intimacy with you and i talking to each other for the audience and yeah. you know with the cameras on board and then and then as we were speaking saying god isn't this beautiful then you'd be able to have that shot Yeah. I think so. So you know, Claudio and his ability to fly that that drone completely changed the whole uh, the whole feel of the TV show. But working as a photographer and a drone pilot, I'm cu just curious about: Did you have those things on the writing table from the very beginning? We need those kind of shots, or was it just out on the road and just kind of feel the vibe? And when we did the first one, you know, there were no um, there were no there was no ability to be able to have a camera on your helmet and video and, and um, record at the same time. Yeah. So we invented that. So we, 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 we got the, uh, the best technology we could to make the TV show then. And so when we did long way up the same thing, we were sat there. Claudio was a, was a really, had become a really good drone 
pilot and and so there was no um there was no reason you know there was from the beginning it was just given that we were going to use the technology did, did he learn flying that before going out on the road this time or did he learn yeah, actually a few flying? years no no he did, <laughs> yeah yeah he yeah was actually he'd already been you know you you know he goes all over the world and yeah i've seen some of the incredible things. stories and yeah i mean he's a people sometimes say you and i are, are adventurers but but you know okay we we go off on adventures and have a nice time but and he 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 interviewed bin laden you know before oh, really? he, before he became oh yeah before he became thing and he came back with this video telling all the the newsrooms that you know you've got to look after look out for this guy this guy's a nutter you know and um so so he you know he, he's the real adventurer really i mean he i i always laugh and you and i always joke that you know claudio comes along for a holiday you know yeah <laughs> are you involved in any form of productions at the moment are you doing any filming right now um no nothing nothing no tv show right now there's yeah, a couple yeah. of tv shows that will probably go this uh, there's certainly one will probably go this summer um, um and then and then i've got I've, i'm i'm d- developing and making my my um instagram and uh kind of thing where i do this cooking and and, and biking thing I'm, i'm sort of growing that So so um so yeah so so keep an eye there's there's a lot going on. I can already see uh, a sort of a pitch for a show here combining motorcycles and cooking. Could be really interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I think it's going to be I think I mean lots of people have done it. You've got the hairy bikers and stuff like that, but I want to do it you know in a, in a very different way. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for taking your time. Oh, listen, thank you. And listen, I'm so sorry I'm sitting in a car in the car park i i uh it's I just lovely messed up all my timings <laughs> it gives a it gives a sort of a dynamic to the show some people are in a car some people are here with us and some people are up yeah. on a mountain so uh this episode has been about like the very fundamentals of adventuring on a motorbike but if you would do an elevator pitch in like one sentence i have my driver's license i have my bike i want to go on an adventure what should i do Well, the easiest thing to do. Well, obviously, you've got to figure out where you want to go, um, and make a bit of a plan, um, and then pick a date, a leaving date, and stick to it. And, um, and don't worry about don't worry about the packing of it all because you can always buy stuff along the way. Or, you know, we've had tires sent to places that we're going to and stuff like that by DHL. So it's it's all it's all really easy and. and It's just you know the only dangerous thing about doing doing any of these adventures is that if you've done one, all you want to do again is another one. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Charlie Borman, and we are super thankful for having him on the show. And what an um, what an ending! Yeah, I mean this was. This was exciting, actually, <laughs> more than I thought it would be, <laughs> to be honest. Um, the most dangerous thing is that you want to do another one. We we had this conversation the other day when we were out climbing. Yeah, I mean that's the, I guess the difference between life and death. Sometimes, if you always want more. I mean, it, it's you could look at it in a uh, positive side that you've done an adventure and you you um, you pushed yourself and now you want to push you to another level that could be a good thing right 
Yeah, of course it can. I mean, we talked about it before also that if you always want to do something more and you want to document it so you can earn something from it, that can be the dangerous part, I think. But if you want to do more and learn from it... Do you mean like gain and like earn something like in recognition? Yeah, exactly. Because that will always push you to do stuff that might be too dangerous. But if you want to do it for yourself, it can be a good thing. Everyone who has listened, thank you for listening. And if you listened to this episode, found it interesting, don't forget that there are more episodes to listen uh, to. And um, until next time, stay curious. Stay humble. Stay rookie. (laughs) Bye.